0: Hi there, and welcome to the Homestead Education Podcast. Do you have a homestead, farm, or just dream of a rural life? This is a show to help you and your kids grow your own food and grow as a person. I'm your host, Cody Hanner. I'm a homesteader, homeschool mama six, and small town enthusiast. I was raised by an old school rancher, and blessed by the grace of God to have been exposed to so much of what rural life has to offer. Join me every week to talk about homesteading, homeschooling, and growth with a homestead education. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of the Homestead Education. Whew, what a week. So many of you that have followed me on social media know that we've experienced a lot of wildfires around us, and I've kind of been on my own with the kids, and life has just been really overwhelming. But great news is I have finally finished Introduction to Homestead Science, the newest in the series of Homestead Science curriculums. I shipped out 94 orders this week, many of which were double orders, and I'm so excited to get this to families and have them start using the um, curriculum because it's an incredible multifaceted hands-on learning experience. If you want more information, check out the link in the show notes. So as my family gets ready for our cross-country adventure to attend the Homesteaders of America conference in Front Royal next week... I started thinking about all the other homeschool and homestead families that value their freedoms and live life and learn in their own ways. This led me to finding today's guest, Erica Forrest. Hi, Erica. Hi, Cody. How are you? I'm good. And yourself?
1: I'm great. Thank you. I am so happy to be here on your podcast. I love visiting with other
0: homeschool parents, and I know we've got lots of great things to talk about today. Definitely. I'm super excited to have you. So for all my listeners, Erica is the founder of a travel company called Trip Scholars. She's a homeschool mom for 16 years, a former director of Hawaii Montessori Schools, a travel expert, and enjoys expanding people's excitement into travel deeper, into a deeper understanding and joyful experience. I just, I love that last line that you sent me. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you do and what a travel... (laughs) education specialist is because I just love the sound of it. Thank you. Yeah, well,
1: uh, in truth, I have crafted it myself. It isn't as far as I can tell something anybody else is doing.
0: Yeah, I love that uh, even more.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, after all of these years homeschooling and working in education and realizing that people really do learn best when um, they're learning something that's relevant, something that's exciting, and something that they are passionate about, um, that's when some of the deepest learning takes place. I think as homeschoolers, we already see that quite a bit. And I see that with travel a lot, but um, also as a homeschool parent, you know, it can take a lot of time to find the best resources and find the best ways to match that up with your kids and your family. Um, So when we were doing this, I imagined, what if um, I could, what if I, there was a place where I could go and this was already kind of done for me. And then as we were brainstorming about, you know, what we wanted to do after our kids are grown, our youngest is 17.
0: Ooh, um, almost, almost there.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was a perfect opportunity to uh, create a business around something that I had already seen a need for because it was my need um, and something that I just love and am passionate about. So um, yeah, I help people use their excitement about upcoming trips to to learn more about their destinations and then ultimately about themselves. I do it through my website, tripscholars.com. I've got loads and loads of articles about all kinds of interesting and engaging things that you can do before and after you travel. Um, articles about particular destinations and traveling with kids and teenagers, um, unique ways to travel. Then I also have a resource library. So I write a lot of the articles, but I also invite guest authors who um, have a background in a particular place or approach to travel. And then when they write their articles, we also share some of their favorite resources so that they're easier for families and people to find. And then I also offer personal travel education coaching. So I have two different programs. One's where I help people craft a uh, like a learning plan, an exploration plan for a particular trip. And then another one where I work with people for months uh, to really explore their travel dreams and how they can reach them.
0: So, oh my uh, gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> I, yeah. I just I'm getting so excited because I'm I'm a I'm a lifelong learner. So everything that I do, I want to include education in it. Exactly. Um, Luckily, a couple of my kids are that way too. So they don't totally think I'm a nerd, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Nerds are most of my favorite people. So, (laughs) right. (laughs) And I love that you just kind of like you found a niche for something and created something out of it. I mean, that's kind of what I did with my homeschool curriculum. I saw a need for, you know, a more hands-on homesteading Type curriculum, and I put it together for all ages, and I just made it. You know, the homestead science was not a real thing. So- I love
1: that you did that. I uh, have listened to some of your ep- episodes, earlier episodes, and I was really wowed that that was what you chose to do. It's the same kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, that you you see this need, you know that it can be really impactful uh, for people learning, and then you find your best way to
0: communicate it. So we're definitely on the same page. I love that. So, you know, as a homeschool parent with a Montessori background, I'd love to get a little bit more of your take on, you know, homeschooling and unschooling and just kind of that, bringing that all together.
1: Sure. Um, Well, that one, obviously, we could probably talk for years. Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I guess I'll just in a nutshell say that um, I started as a public school science teacher high school Um, and then I did get to serve as the director of Hawaii Montessori schools on the big island of Hawaii. Um, That was a fantastic experience. Uh, And all along, we were, you know, kind of keeping in mind, what if, what if we homeschooled our kids, what would that be like? But our kids are, we have three children, they're all five years apart. And um, by the time we our oldest was thinking about it. I had this, you know, more traditional background. And I was really imagining um, a more traditional schooling. Um, and I wasn't quite sure how I was
0: going to do that. You have six <laughs> kids. So I'm really amazed with uh, parents who do it with littles. But, know, I totally uh, get that because I was <laughs> completely a traditional schooler. I I loved my school and college experiences. Uh-huh. And it it was a big step to go into that homeschool. It, you know, it was less about the education and more about the everything else that comes with public schooling.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, we didn't start until our oldest started middle school. And a couple of weeks in, we went ahead and made the change. And uh, we've just loved it more and more as the years have gone on. Uh, And then as things unfolded, you know, I really realized I was sometimes getting in their way. Uh, you know, at first we had a, you know, we were doing math at a certain time and history at a certain time. And uh, the further they got into it and got excited about particular projects, I realized my role was probably, I could serve them better, working more as a facilitator. And so uh, as the years went by- I had
0: to learn that as a control freak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, so in the end, we really did um, our version of unschooling, uh, where it was really child led. And my role became that of finding them a lot of resources, uh, mentors, activities. Um we did a lot of travel. Uh, we went to a lot of museums. They served as, you know, volunteers and we found naturalists and uh, oh that's but they, great yeah they they did it um and then I just helped helped get them places and find them resources <laughs> so that's how trip scholars also kind of evolved. I, I love finding resources
0: <laughs> that's great I mean that's I, I totally get that I have I have some special needs kids so uh-huh. we can't totally go to the unschooling route they do need a little structure so we try to do a little bit of each like we do. Yeah traditional more traditional school three days a week where they have to hit their core subjects smart and then after that we spend the rest of our week learning hands-on like you know we're Mm -hmm. farmers and I run a business my kids help me run my business and you know they my daughter wanted to start me to do graphic design on canva so Uh I signed her up for canva and on under my account and told her take all the classes And that's what she does for fun. She like just sits there on the couch (laughs) and takes her classes, you know. And And we
1: all know that is a very um, in need um, profession. (laughs) (laughs) I've spent plenty of time on Canva myself. (laughs) I'm impressed. Yeah. um, Well, you know. I just
0: created 800 pages in Canva. (laughs) 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 oh my
1: goodness I hope she helped you out
0: she did very much my son does a lot of my website work too so oh my
1: gosh that's great yeah we did something similar um our kids uh our two oldest one loved programming one loved um digital art they built a video game they won an award and so we helped them launch a company um And even though they didn't eventually bring the game to market, they learned a lot of the things that you were just talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then back to the structure piece, you know, we did incorporate varying levels of that over the years too. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, well, as a mom of six, I'm sure you really know this. Every kid kind of needs a different homeschool approach and, um, every kid every year can need a different (laughs) homeschool approach. So when people who are like homeschool curious, first ask me questions, I basically say there are as many ways to homeschool as there are homeschoolers.
0: Yes, there's just so true.
1: Yeah, yeah. uh, So adapting to where our kids are, and where we are, is a really important part of it.
0: It, it really is. I I had to take a step back myself my first couple of years. I really did try to create that school at home. Yeah. And there's days where, you know, we still have to have school at home. I mean, we're doing mm-hmm. algebra this year. You don't really unschool algebra. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Although I wish maybe I should figure out a way to do like homestead algebra or something. <laughs> I Make love it, it more fun. <laughs> but I love it. I think it's like um, I look at each one as like a puzzle game. Very
1: good. Yeah, that's a and great way to do it.
0: My son is like fully on board for that. He loves it. And my daughter, she's really good at math, but she can't see the puzzle and the fun part of it.
1: Uh-huh. And I uh-huh. kind of have to
0: like sit there with her and like do every problem. It's like and it's yeah. not that I have to tell her how to do it. She just wants me there with her. Uh-huh. Well, she does every single <laughs> <laughs> Well,
1: that that is one of the other great parts of homeschooling is that we do get to spend um so much more time with our kids mm-hmm. and I'm sure homesteading it, it is that way in a big way
0: oh big time and you learn how to work uh-huh. together in a completely different way
1: yeah uh, almost all the homeschooling families I know because now our kids are older our oldest mm-hmm. is 28 so I've gotten to be in these communities for a long time and the um it's just beautiful to see how close the kids are that they, they really are oftentimes, even with big age differences, one mm-hmm.
0: another's closest friends. Oh, um, I see that so. so much with my crew because we have a gap. Uh-huh. We have like we have a 18 year old, a 17 year old and two 13 year olds. So they were kind of all pretty ah, close, you know.
1: Yeah. And
0: then we have a five year old and a two year old.
1: Oh, my gosh. Really, Cody? You're busy, mama. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And my
0: two-year-old is like no other creature I have ever met in my life. He is... He's exhausting like I mean you know everybody everybody has like advice on how to raise a toddler and I'm like he's my sixth that I've had great toddlers this kid is like it, uh, uh, I think
1: parenting is so humbling I remember <laughs> our first was so easy and uh you know I didn't want to be judging but I would see other kids or parenting styles and think hmm and then I had two more. <laughs> Oh, my kid is the one having the meltdown in the grocery store. And it is really, really hard.
0: Yeah. Like I had my two-year-old on a leash at co-op the other <laughs> day. I'm like kind of feeling a little embarrassed as he's looking like a cat on a leash, like flopping around in between pews and the sanctuary. <laughs> and I'm like, well, maybe I'll let him off for a little bit. He ran around and ate all the tissues and then tried to kick open the door. <laughs> I was just like, oh, never mind. Back on the leash. <laughs> Back on the <laughs>
1: leash. Yeah. Uh, we certainly become much more humble the longer we parent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like my family just kind of accepts that our youngest is a full-time job. Like yep. you took your eyes off of him for a minute and he's gone. <laughs> I mean, he just, he gets, we have to put like alarms on all of our doors. Cause he gets out of bed in the middle of the night and just leaves like wow like heads so to the he barn definitely like, keeps you on your toes yeah he'll just like get up in the middle of the night and i guess decide he wants to go see a pig or something and like heads to the barn <laughs> <laughs> we found him one time just you know walking up the driveway with our great pyrenees like trotting along next to him <laughs> it's like three in the morning <laughs> like, i don't oh know what goodness. i'm gonna do with this kid <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you're going to keep learning from him. I bet that he will be your best teacher.
0: Yes. (laughs) So, I mean, like you said, we could talk about homeschooling all day long, but you know, these podcasts can only go for so long. Right. Um, So I would love to hear more about this education, like while you're traveling and like how this could tie into homeschooling.
1: Sure. Yeah, I'd love to get to talk with you for a little while about that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought maybe we could talk about it in a couple ways, both what you can do beforehand, um, and then also while you're on the road. so one of the big pieces of what I do at Trip Scholars is spend a lot of time encouraging people to really research their destinations. Most of us don't get to travel as much as we went to. Um, we don't have enough time. And we've got too many responsibilities. And it costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So uh, by taking that-
0: home a ex- it is hard to leave. I
1: can't imagine how hard it is to um, find people who can care for all of your animals, mm-hmm. especially-
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Our, our upcoming trip is actually our 17 year old decided he's too cool to travel with the family. So
1: he's going to care for everything. Yes. (laughs) Ah, well that is really nice.
0: And we have the neighbors on watch.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. And how long are you going for on this trip? you guys? Two weeks. Oh, I love it. That's wonderful. Two weeks is great. Mm -hmm. Um, well, yeah, so I, I know that we didn't get to travel as much as we wanted to, but that you can really take that excitement that you have um, and weave it into a lot of what you do. Um, so, I, as a homeschooler, I bet a lot of your listeners already, you know, pay attention to what their kids are interested in and what they're passionate about, um, and have been noticing uh, what learning styles match up best with their kids. And so that might not be new information for your listeners, but for some people it kind of is. And that if you can- I have a lot of
0: listeners that are striving to- get to that freedom of homeschooling and just haven't taken okay. that step yet. So Well,
1: then this could be a really fun um, transitional thing that they could start to do and oh, just start yeah. to incorporate because uh, you certainly don't have to homeschool to to do these things. Um, but if you are in conversation with your kids and, you know, or you're just watching your kids and you notice that they um, love cooking, say, and you're planning a trip to a particular area, well um it is an awesome opportunity to help them find recipes um help them find different dishes um uh, there's some there's a fun website um that i share at trip scholars it's called food timeline and it's Ooh. full of all of these different resources about the history of cooking and, and culinary arts i love it. it right and so uh you can learn about regional cuisine. You can learn about the history. You could, um, you know, next time you're in a big city, uh, go to a particular ethnic, um, restaurant or grocery store. So your kids are becoming more and more curious. Um, and you are helping them. I'd love to try
0: more ethnic foods. My husband's (laughs) just really excited to eat Southern food. So,
1: (laughs) oh yeah, you guys will uh, have an opportunity on this trip. Yes. Yeah. So, um, just finding ways to overlap their interests with the destination and then um, amplifying that so that now they're learning learning that and they're, now they're becoming more curious about the history of the place that you're going to. So then you get to find documentaries or books related to the history. Um, maybe you're going somewhere, maybe you're taking a foreign trip, a uh, trip to a foreign country, and uh, now they are interested in, enough in the cooking that they're going to act, actually are motivated to start learning the language um, I think you know as homeschoolers we learn that you, there can be a lot of budding of heads if, if you're trying to force your kids to um and they want to know about it that doesn't happen they they find the motivation and you're there to you know, um, fuel that fire mm-hmm. and you can use their excitement about a trip that's coming up to do that really naturally. So, um, I, I've got loads and loads of recommendations on the site. Like I really, uh, we're big fans of using games, um, board games and video games can't, there's such a wide range right now that you can really, um, enjoy. Enjoy your family game night but have it be about the place that you're going or if your family watches movies you can have your friday night movie night be about the place that you're going to um and then it just opens up all these conversation opportunities while you're eating dinner or driving in the car or whatever it is there's so many books on tape if you're doing long drives um and you know you can think far outside of travel guides you can really think about um fairy tales from a particular place, myths, Mm. history. Um, You guys might use story of the world. They've got some uh, great CDs that are nice for listening to while you're driving. You can find novels and field guides, um, biographies. Coffee table books are often really fun because they can serve as a, you know, opportunity just for a lot of inspiration while you're sitting around. Um, There's online classes, but you really want to find something that's a good match for the learning style of um, your kids. Like I love great courses. Um, You've got older kids. Maybe you guys use some of those and you can get them oftentimes at the library or use a free trial. It's called Wondrium. Now they have a lot of courses on particular places and history um, or engineering about a particular place, but they aren't, necessarily going to be a good match for a seven or eight year old. You might want to instead um, you know, watch videos, crash course videos. Those are real fast paced, animated, but you can get a lot of information into five or 10 minutes um, that you can then kind of build out. Uh, I also encourage you know, if you've got a kid who loves Legos, you can do a lot with architecture. Um, oh fun. Yeah, uh, either building historic sites. uh, Minecraft even has uh, different things that you can do related to particular destinations. Um, There's obviously art uh, activities that you can tie in related to where you're headed. Um, If you've got kids who play an instrument or love to listen to music help them craft a playlist related to the area Um, I'm taking
0: so many notes right now because we are my daughter and I have been putting together this whole like almost like a two-week curriculum
1: oh well that's perfect that's exactly what I do
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes I'm like you know we have our first like so, okay, we're doing I'll tell you a little bit about what we're doing for our trip. yeah, do we've constructed I'd love to so hear far. It. So we're gonna do smash books.
1: Oh, tell me about that.
0: So just big binders that I've put um punched card stock in, and I got uh, a little mini photo printer so that when the kids take pictures with their cell phones, they can come right back in and print like one or two photos of each destination and make like a a scrapbook as they go perfect and like uh brochures and just whatever they grab they can i'm gonna have Ooh, almost just dropped my water on my laptop (laughs) it's because we're getting excited i I do the same thing i talk with my hands and get all (laughs) exactly (laughs) so um yeah we're gonna do the smash books as we go through everywhere and the you know even my little guy he has one which you know even if he can just color a picture I brought Perfect. a little notebook for my two-year-old so he can scribble and feel part of it, you know?
1: That's a good idea.
0: And I mean, they're so excited. They've designed their covers and all that stuff. They Cody, picked out pins love it. and double-sided tape. And I mean, they're on it. And like our first day, we're driving all the way across Montana. So we're going to listen to that book. It's called Crazy Horse. Okay. Which we read that uh, about five years ago. Uh-huh. But we're going to listen to the book um, as we're going across Montana so that when we go to Little Bighorn and Crazy Horse the next day, that everybody knows what we're...
1: Oh, okay. that's just perfect. That's exactly what I recommend to people. But so you're taking kind of... it even further. It just sounds wonderful. And your kids will remember it. You'll have uh, They'll have things to remember it by. Mm-hmm. And uh, the learning will be natural and exciting interesting
0: yeah and then my oldest he's high-functioning autistic Uh
1: uh-huh
0: not my oldest my oldest boy that's going with us our 13 year old and he is obsessed with U.S. history so that's kind of his big thing so we're gonna do like the driving audio tour at Gettysburg and we're gonna go to Mount Vernon he's George Washington is his thing so Uh, we're really for that
1: I just think you've already planned a really tremendous trip.
0: I'm excited. I want to know all about it. (laughs) There's just a few, you know, we have all of our stops planned, but I wanted to like Uh get the most out of each stop. So this is giving me some really great ideas. We've really planned that first part with the crazy horse thing and stuff because of my son's obsession with the U.S. history, we're like, our next stop is going to be in Iowa, where we're hoping to catch like a corn maze or something. Oh,
1: well, you're there for the perfect time of year.
0: (laughs) And then my daughter's (laughs) really into, you know, the more agriculture, she wants to be a vet and that type of thing. So I thought it'd be really cool to tie in something with all the, you know, cornfields and things that are in Iowa. I lived there for a couple of years when my mom was in taxidermy school. So.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. My mom, uh, my mom was from Iowa. It's a beautiful- she was in Ames
0: okay Mm -hmm. my whole family was from Mount Air oh nice all right then we went to my mom went to taxidermy school in Spirit Lake okay so
1: uh my I had grandparents who, who lived in Spirit Lake
0: oh wow and then I met a friend there when I was five and we have been pen pals ever since
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, so she's uh,
0: actually a homeschool mom of twins now. So we're going to go see her while we're going through Iowa.
1: And that's going to be a special trip. That'll mm-hmm. be really nice. You know, um, when I li- was listening to a couple of your podcast episodes, I got to hear the one where you did interview your twins. Mm-hmm. They are such thoughtful, interesting, articulate young people. I really oh, thank you. I enjoyed their interviews.
0: They were pretty proud of themselves and they'd they been begging be. me to be on the ped- podcast since I started it. So I thought that was a perfect one to bring them on board because they just spent a week practicing their speeches.
1: Oh, like they sounded very polished.
0: They get they lots great. of, um, they have to do lots of interviews at fair. So they had
1: that's healthy to go through.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, big time. <laughs> yeah. that's actually the one thing in my curriculum, my husband and I were talking about it yesterday is I have the kids, you know, like call the county health department and find out what a law on something is. And I, I put in there, like, don't let your students just look it up online, make them call and have that conversation with an official.
1: That's great. Yeah. We, um, we're in the city, so we, we're not doing it quite like that, but um, we have had our one of our kids did a presentation in front of uh, City Hall and um, and just making phone calls uh, to, you know, if you're in charge of the garbage and we need a new recycling can, right? Uh, you can be the one to make the call. Although now that's online. But in the past, um, things like that, working out a bill or something, because it can be intimidating as an adult if you don't know how to do those things. You haven't had experience. Um, yeah. And it's a super opportunity as
0: homeschoolers. I've started doing a lot more of that. Like, you know, even we were going to town for dinner the other night and my husband had, was on fires and wanted a pizza. And so I said, well, we're going to go to dinner. And I handed the phone to my son and said, you call and order dad a pizza. And right. he was like, how do I do it? And I was like, you've seen <laughs> me do it, figure it out.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, especially living on the homestead, your kids are going to step into adulthood with um, so many valuable skills. I, have a nephew who is a rancher in Wyoming and um, he, or ranch hand, and and he, ever since he was, you know, the age of your kids, like Mm -hmm. 12 years old, he um, has been helping with so many adult um, activities that he's incredibly mature and kind and just really aware
0: It builds character in a different way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was actually,
0: I was talking to, I was on a podcast last week and we were talking about that where just the, the character and the maturity that comes from like, even just homeschooled kids in general.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then when you add in the responsibility of a farm, it just, it's a, and the interactions that they have. Mm
1: Right. Right. So. Yeah, it is um, really, you can always tell a homeschooler because they're just as comfortable talking to, you know, an elder or mm-hmm. another parent as they are to a three-year-old or someone who's their own chronological yeah. age.
0: <laughs> I I always love it. We do homeschool dances here and kids of all ages oh. are there and, you know, they'll, you know, a song will come on that there's a special dance and a kid doesn't know it. And the other kids go get that a kid sitting on the side Mm -hmm. and make sure they know how to do that dance too. Or, you know, the older teenage boys, they'll see like, you know, a girl sitting there with no one to dance with and they'll make sure that they take, you know, everybody takes turns and gets a chance to dance and stuff. And it's, you know, I say an you know, 18-year-old boy comes and dance with my 13-year-old daughter, but in that scenario with these right. kids that we work with, it's such a special experience. It's a not kind. A, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, here we've had um, plenty of programs with older kids, uh, you know, naturally and just. Uh, without guidance, but also organize things where the older kids are mentoring the younger kids or teaching Mm -hmm. the younger kids. Like um, when we started our program here in Seattle, the family learning program, it's a place where, you know, we all congregate in one place and have classes that the kids can choose from a couple days a week. And uh, our oldest at the time was 16 and they had, they loved um, computer programming and so they were able to teach a class to the younger kids. Nice. And it was um, such a, such a great experience, both for them and the kids um, to see, you know, someone just a few years older than them. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's just I, another one I love opportunities.
0: Is they, they don't have the peer pressures. Yeah. Like yeah. our last, like homeschool dance was, um, it was a sock hop.
1: Oh, sweet.
0: And the kids went all out like boys, girls, you know, 13 year olds, 18 year olds, they were all um, dressed up like, you know, rockabilly and greasers yeah. and poodle skirts. <laughs> and Oh, it was just it was and there was no like embarrassment. They were just so excited to see each other and like compliment each other's outfits and get pictures. And it was really fun. Yeah. So I remember when I was in school, something like that you'd be really embarrassed to show up even if it was themed because like the fear of being made fun of or something. Uh-huh. And I just, I think that gives them a whole nother experience in life too.
1: Yes. Yeah. I think so too. Um, we've been really grateful that we were able to homeschool and it's definitely a gift. It really but, is. Um, yeah, it's not not necessarily for everybody.
0: <laughs> you know, but for those, those of us I never thought it finish. would be for me either. I was I was joking on an interview a couple weeks ago. I was, you know, even my toddlers, they run to me with the sticky hands and I keep wet wipes by my chair. Cause I'm like, ew. <laughs> I'm like, how did I turn into this homeschool mom of six when I don't even like sticky? Hands? <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I just uh, I was I was a career woman. Like I had this amazing job after college and that what was what were you doing? I did um compliance and food plants. Oh, all right. Like the so big food plants. I made sure they were FDA compliant and okay. USDA and they had, you know huge third party audits. And that was what I did. And I was very like wow. organized and very that was I was dream job for me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like when I was a kid. And then how
1: did you make the transition to homesteading and homeschooling? That's a well, big jump.
0: I mean, I grew up on a ranch and my okay. um my degree is in agriculture, which okay. is how I ended up in the food plants. I worked more with commodities than in like processed foods. Mm-hmm. I did work in a couple more processed food plants, but um it was mainly uh, nuts and meat are the things I worked with a lot. Okay. And um, <clears throat> I, I was a single mom and I met my husband who was a widower with kids. Wow. And we were like, how can we make this life better? Yeah. And we moved out of, we were living in California and where we needed like my income. And we moved to a place where we could live off his veteran income because he's a disabled vet Uh huh. and we were in Oregon at the time. And it was like we just want to have fun. We just want to have fun with our kids. We want to spend more time with them. We want to learn with them. And they were having some problems in school and we're like, we're done. (laughs) (laughs) It was more stress to send our kids to school every day than it was Uh to have them home and teach them. Yeah. 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 I mean there's some days we didn't feel the same ways.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, it is not all bliss every single day as homeschoolers. You know, after
0: there's... I think it's we've been doing about seven years now, and now we have a groove and
1: mm-hmm.
0: homeschool most days is actually pretty mellow and an enjoyable time.
1: Nice. You
0: know, the older kids, they know their they know their routine. They only need me for questions. Mm-hmm um my five-year-old he comes and gets in my lap and we read books and go through his little workbooks, and it's like a special time for us and we have our coffee and my husband's there to like correct math assignments and I'm there to teach the math assignments and Mm -hmm. it's just it's our guys have
1: really found your your groove we
0: really have that's
1: wonderful
0: our oldest who hated school he works as an electrician's apprentice and is working on his GED so that's right on it, it's what great. works for him, and like yeah. you were saying earlier, every kid needs something different.
1: Yeah, yeah, and to really honor that and respect respect them as individuals instead mm-hmm. of trying to push them into um, the boxes that are there.
0: Yeah, my five but year I, old, he's a very sensitive. He needs a softer approach,
1: right? Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I just love your story, though. Thank you. It's
0: you know, about everybody
1: who homeschools. It's a very, they're very intentional people. They realize that we can craft our own lives and manifest our own dreams to the best of our ability. Um, and they don't just go through the motions that are kind of um, the normal. Yeah. So the fact that you guys did that much self-reflection um and made those brave brave choices <laughs> and now now you're reaping the benefits
0: we really are we have a great group of kids that we moved to a very small community in northern idaho and our kids are sought after for working businesses you know our 17 year old he could have any job he wanted in town
1: uh huh and
0: people know him and know what a hard worker he is yeah um our 13 year old daughter she has so many babysitting jobs I had to cut her off because, <laughs> you know, I'm like, you're my babysitter, <laughs> but you know, people know how responsible she is and how great she is with the kids. And she brings craft projects and, you know, they just love her. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a really, it, you know, my 13 year old, he trains uh dairy heifers,
1: uh-huh.
0: which they're, heifers are snotty and and big yes and he just handles them just fine to the point where um there is a purebred farm that we work with that does not sell heifers with like to put their genetics out there and they are selling him a heifer this year so that he can show her wow yeah so it's you know he's really he's made a name for himself too yeah. And he's the autistic one.
1: But he's finding um how autism can can also be a gift mm-hmm. and work work for work
0: for yep. Um, I'm really yeah. working with him on um oh had a, my brain just went blank. On advocating <laughs> for himself. Uh-huh. Because mm-hmm. I will not always be there to do it for him.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I put him in a lot of situations where he has to handle it himself.
1: Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, we are not just here to enjoy them right now. We're here to help them, um, be the adults that they, I yeah,
0: they I always say I'm raising later. men, not boys, because mm-hmm. when they leave my house, they need to be men, not boys. Mm-hmm. My daughter, she's already like she's good. She's already good. <laughs> she's kind of an old soul, like really mature. I have to actually like, you're a kid. Stop. <laughs> like, Stop trying to run the house. She's good at Aww. it though. Like, I mean, if I could have like cloned myself, I think she's about the closest. So <laughs> yeah, her brain Aww. works just like mine. So that's really nice.
1: Yeah. Um, it's fascinating. I mean, you have more than one, how they all have different parts of both parents or, you know, the people raising them. It's just mm-hmm. fascinating.
0: Yeah. My boys are all <laughs> over the place. I have five of them and they are five incredibly different people.
1: Uh, <laughs> right. We, uh, that's another place to be humbled. It is not all in the parenting. <laughs>
0: yeah. and, and, you know, then my veteran husband just mixed into that. Like it's. <laughs> Sometimes my daughter and I just leave. We're like, we're done. Just <laughs> There's
1: a lot of energy.
0: Yeah, we're going to town. We're going to have a coffee and we'll be
1: back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we are all, are both very lucky to get to have these lifestyles. You oh, yes. school our kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. As ours was coming, as you know, I saw it coming to a close five years ago and we were really watching how other people go through this transition. If you've been homeschooling all along and you have these really, um, super intimate, close relationships with your kids. And, um, this is the focus of what you do. What, what do you want to do when, when you're done? And it's, it's a big change. Um, homeschooling is all encompassing. It's certainly not a particular kind of curriculum or anything like that. It is a whole lifestyle choice. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so
0: yeah i'm glad
1: you're in the thick of it
0: (laughs) my twins are actually they are plotting uh being roommates in college so that they don't have to separate even when they drive each other crazy they still don't want to take that first step into life completely on their own
1: right right
0: so i'm pretty excited for them when that time comes Mm
1: -hmm. that they'll have each other very good
0: yeah because they're looking at going to college about their goal is a college about five hours away from here. So okay, okay, but there really isn't anything closer, especially in the fields they want to pursue. So,
1: so uh, what state? What state would that be in?
0: Uh, it, we're in Idaho, and the college is in Idaho as well. Okay. Yeah, it's my daughter's agriculture all the way. So okay. Yeah. She, well, I
1: love the part of Idaho that you guys live in. Um, our family has, well, my husband's family for generations has been um, vacationing up in priest Lake. So, uh, we've been together 30 years. And so I've been getting to go up there off and on during that, uh, time is just gorgeous where you are. So, oh
0: yeah, it's, I don't know. There's something special up here.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was interesting. You said you also lived in Oregon and um, California. I have yeah. lived there, too.
0: Oh, so. <laughs> yeah. I We we tend to navigate towards the tiniest towns possible, but we lived in Lapine, Oregon, which is a dot on the map.
1: Is that in eastern Oregon? It's
0: kind of central Oregon. It's just south of Bend.
1: Right. South of Bend. OK, yeah. yeah. I've spent quite a bit of time in the Bend area. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah. that's a beautiful area, too. We really loved it there. It just yeah. when we decided we wanted to be more self-sufficient, it is a giant frozen sandbox. So <laughs> you can't grow <laughs> anything. <laughs> but <clears throat> in mm. California, we lived in a few different places in Northern California where both grew up pretty rulely. So
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, we can always learn a lot about the world, no matter where where we are.
0: Right. we we, we decided to pick one big city to drive through on our trip. Other than that, like we, we've actually made our plan where we don't drive through any big cities. Oh, all right. Well, that's kind um, of our, most people head to those big cities. We're like, no, just skirt right around them.
1: <laughs> that's, that's, uh, really important. That is actually one of the things I encourage people to do when they're planning, um, trips is to spend a lot of time being reflective about, you know, what are your intentions, uh, What's going to be the best match for the people who are traveling with you, whether that's for, um, you know, what, like, do they (laughs) like big cities, Um, but also, you know, what are the health limitations uh, or health concerns you need to take into account and um, with intentions, you know, are you traveling, like as homeschoolers, we're often traveling to um, help our kids learn, or, you know, nurture that wonder and excitement about learning, um, but also in a big way to connect uh, more with our family members. And so it can be really helpful. Like I, I'm guilty of this myself. Um, When we take big trips like the one you guys are doing, I often have so many things that I want to share with them and experience with them that sometimes, uh, you know, we've had meltdowns or cranky people because we're just trying to do too much. So Mm -hmm. really being clear on, we're also doing this to connect with each other. Um, And we're not going to be connecting very well if people are cranky. So, uh, that, that can really help you build a value-based foundation for your trip so that, um, you are getting the most out of it. And it might not be hitting as many sites as I might want to hit, right? but, uh, people are happier and, you know, it's a, it's a more joyful experience. So, um, and luckily our
0: kids really, they embrace that with us, you know, they. I, I I love that you take into consideration like the medical and stuff like that. Is you know some people kind of don't understand that all the time. Mm-hmm. And, like I have trets, yeah, which is anxiety induced. Yeah. yeah. And so last thing you need <laughs> is like yeah having a full trets attack while trying to go through this museum with a hundred other people, which is going to make it worse because then I think everyone's looking at me. Uh huh. And yep. then I get sweaty and then I, you know, <laughs> like, it's Well, just I miserable. don't know if you,
1: um, uh, there are some sites and museums now that are offering special, uh, times when the, their place is only open to people, uh, who are looking for lower stimulation.
0: Oh, that is good to know.
1: Yeah. So, um, there are some places where you can, um, go and they're not going to have as many, you know, they might not have the st- music blaring or the lights doing different things. It's a smaller number of people in there so that anybody with any kind of sensory or, um, you know, anything that that might trigger, um, (laughs) can have a better experience. And there's even in some airports now, like here in Seattle, they have a low stim room, um, so that you folks who would like, to, I mean, an airport can be really overwhelming. Even oh, over. our
0: trip last year, we flew into Seattle and then we were going to fly to Spokane. And I said, I'm not getting back on another plane. <laughs> we rent rented a car, car and to get drove to... home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I don't mean, think was... you're alone. You are not alone. A lot of people, airports produce a, a great deal of anxiety. There's just so much stimulation there. So it's just nice to know um, that, that, Um there's a proper response yeah. Because, uh, there's more and more people who are finally being diagnosed correctly mm-hmm. with um, autism and or anything like that. And, and places are responding,
0: which, so- yeah, that's my son with the autism, me with mm-hmm. my treads, my husband with his PTSD Yeah, and just the fact that there's six of us or no. Yeah. There'll be six of us on this trip, mm-hmm. six of us just trying to, navigate any area is yeah. not easy no and it isn't so yeah we tend to, like i said we picked we want to drive past chicago so that we can see it and then so you're skirt skirting it you'll see yeah, it in the we distance. Wanna, we're gonna come up around the other side of whatever great lake is there i can't remember right now and just kind of experience the great lakes and get to see it but then after that we're you know we're into dc but that's a whole nother we just you have to you know
1: mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: but like after that we were looking at cutting from South Carolina to Nashville and it said to go through Atlanta and I was like nope nope not doing it (laughs) (laughs) I changed my route where we go up through Knoxville and
1: (laughs) well you're really smart to make those adaptations because um, they will make the difference between it being an unpleasant trip and a a pleasant trip Um, so everything from you know when like we We've done some museums um, where we say, you know, I need you to s- see five things here. And then if you are old enough, you can sit there and play your DS <laughs> <laughs> while well, we go see the rest of it. Uh, it's a shame you didn't get to see everything at the Louvre, but nobody's going to see everything at the Louvre. Right, this so, is true. Uh, um, uh, that, that's a choice that... Yeah. Or, uh, you know, we're only going to spend X amount of time in the Natural History Museum in D.C., which is so amazing. But, um, you know, if you spend all day there, you might have melting down people. And
0: so mm-hmm. we're going to go get
1: ice cream or we're going to have, we've got granola bars and lunch in the backpack or whatever. Yeah, we're going to
0: try to hit up the Smithsonian. And we kind of like did a vote, like, which one do we want to go see this year? Because we're going to come back. And so this year, the mm-hmm. vote was uh, the U.S. history one. So. Which kind of goes on the theme of our trip, so. Uh Uh-oh, we lost connection. Give it a second. Oh, yeah, yeah. I bet your son's going to
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, Yeah. he's going to be excited. But you
1: also are, you do, um, one of the things that I recommend the most, and that is, um, to really try to get as much buy-in and investment from your kids when you're traveling. Um, so the fact that you have already, everybody's already been able to participate in kind of planning what you're doing is super valuable and you're probably going to have a much more pleasant trip because of it. And, you know, it, it, people like to have, often people like to have somebody in the family plan the trip, but if you can be getting the
0: buy-in um,
1: and, you know, everybody's top, yeah, Everybody gets to pick
0: one top thing. We did a laminated map on the wall six months ago. I love it. With um a list next to it where you uh-huh. could write down everywhere you wanted to go. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then we had the wet erase markers where they would number that on the map. And then okay. I was able to do our, you know, run the road in between all those to try to hit uh-huh. as many as we could.
1: Oh, that's just fantastic. I and then it. we
0: had a calendar where the, they got to mark off a day for six months.
1: Okay. Oh, so my gosh. <laughs> I think you could have Trip Scholars, too. <laughs> You've had all kinds of great
0: ideas. I'm just overly it. organized. I'm a control freak. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, um, uh, there's actually studies that show people enjoy planning a trip that there's more happiness in the planning part of a trip oftentimes than during or after. Um, I could see that. (laughs) Right. Because you do have the meltdowns and, you know, you get lost and all of that. But if you know that those things are going to happen, that they're kind of inevitable, then you're prepared for it and not wrapped up in it. Um, But that you guys have taken six months to use that excitement to really foster their curiosity and their learning and um, all the fun things you guys have done together. It's perfect.
0: Yeah, they're excited. And I wish I would have found your site when we started our planning.
1: (laughs) Well, you've got more trips ahead and (laughs) I'm going to want (laughs) to, we'll stay in touch.
0: Yeah. That'll be Um, awesome. I
1: I know that you had um, uh, asked about things to do while you're traveling yeah do you have um, any gyms i just have a few but i think okay. you have already shared um <laughs> some of the ones you guys are doing that are things that i do recommend and so yeah i do recommend uh loading up your playlist with audiobooks related to where you're going so i love that you're doing that uh, you can also you know put movies in there related to where you're going or music um and then some people use treats on long road trips or plane flights you know um, Um, little goodie bags or snacks. And you can have those be related to where you're going. You know, if you're heading to Yellowstone, you can get the, Well, for you guys, that might be silly, but for us us city folk, uh, you know, even the little plastic animals of, um, for little kids in the back seat, but you can um, get game books.
0: You know, like my son, he wants a bison burger. That's like, okay. it's all he's talked about. And I told him, well, you have to wait till we go to Cody, Wyoming
1: uh-huh. and you can
0: have a bison burger before we go into Yellowstone and then you'll get to see the bison, you know? Yeah,
1: so, yeah. Well, I definitely
0: yeah. can relate to that one.
1: Yeah, and it, uh, you know, it it, uh, it can be a long time to sit in a car for a kid. So to break it up is fun. And then I love that you've got your Smash books, um mm-hmm. because I, I also recommend you know, people can go to the websites of the places that they're going. Now, Yellowstone is got tons of resources but um uh, a lot of smaller sites have some resources and you often can find free printables um Mm -hmm. on their websites so that you can put together um
0: you know your own little workbook Uh, um you just gave me my um i I wanted to take my extra printer and my husband's like how much things are you gonna try we're we're going in a motorhome so we're gonna you know have room oh i'm
1: glad you've got all that space
0: and um he's like you don't need your printer i'm like i might need my printer (laughs) but do you need the laminator (laughs) i think i laminated everything i need to laminate already
1: (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) Okay, that's how much you actually use these
0: things. (laughs) Even my Um, daughter, she's getting all mad at my son. They were laminating stuff to do their posters for fair. She's uh like, you have to cut them out first and then laminate them. If you laminate them first and then cut them out, they just fall apart. (laughs) She was so mad at it.
1: She's an expert laminator, too. That's oh. awesome. Well, one oh. of the things I really like about um, visiting websites before you go somewhere, even if you aren't printing anything up, a lot of times they'll have a um, a teacher or parent or combo section of the site. And sometimes just looking at the questions um, that they recommend can kind of get your gears turning about what kinds of conversations might be really kinds of questions could i be asking um
0: i love that because like with the smash books rather than me going well write about your experience uh and then you know having to like force them to write sentences yeah like have specific questions that'll get their gears going
1: yeah or you know um asking a lot of open-ended questions uh and then helping them notice which things are the key things that they want to put in there um those are it's just so open ended. Um, mm-hmm.
0: I love that. Some.
1: Yeah, um, well, and then oh,
0: yeah. Oh, go sorry,
1: but oh, that's okay. I know we're getting close to the end. I could talk, <laughs> talk with you right? all
0: day. Okay. I know. I I keep forgetting what time it is. I look and I'm like, oh man, we got to go get our motorhome down in Spokane. So right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was uh, great to get to visit with you, Cody. Are we wrapping up? Yeah, I think let's go ahead and you know I just want to. One thing I really like to do on my podcast is work. My tagline is grow your own food and grow as a person with a homestead education. So I like to ask everybody how they plan to keep growing.
1: Uh, That is a fantastic question. And I love that you're asking grownups, not just kids. Right? um, I think think that's where
0: all of this sparked for me is I realized that I wasn't growing anymore.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, again, as homeschoolers, a lot of us are lifelong learners, Um, and so part of why I created Trip Scholars is just I I just have an insatiable curiosity, and so this gives me an opportunity to learn more about people, um, the people I work with, people in the places I'm sharing on my site. I get to learn all about the world in all of these different ways. And then I also, as a small business owner, um, am always learning things that are far outside of my comfort zone, Um, all about websites and marketing and photography and (laughs) writing. And uh, you're a jack of all
0: trades.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So um, I think as homeschoolers, we're always questioning who we are and how can we be really intentional about our our lives and how we want to live them and so my husband and i um you know a few years ago when we knew we were getting ready for this next transition um we realized we wanted to he's a sailor and has always wanted to live aboard a boat so our plan is to sell everything and um and buy a boat, start in the Mediterranean, and go Ooh. see the world. Uh, and then the, I'll be doing Trip Scholars um, to supplement what we're doing. Um, and so I'm I'm looking forward to continuing to just learn voraciously, and uh, hopefully make learning more exciting and easier for everybody who finds me over at Trip Scholars.
0: Oh, wow. That, that just sounds so exciting. And I'm definitely going to be continuing to follow you and send more people your way because I think what you have to offer is really great.
1: Oh, I thanks. I really appreciate it. Well, uh, I'm going to be sharing your homesteading curriculum with people too, because I think that's fantastic. <laughs> Thank I you. love that you put that all together and used your passions and your vast amount of knowledge um, to find a way to communicate that.
0: I think my brain is now though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can't only imagine. How big did you say your textbook is?
0: The textbook's 300 pages. It has a 200 page workbook and there's a lot of resources online that I put together too, to supplement it.
1: That's just a fantastic resource to share with people. And that hands-on real learning um, Mm -hmm. is one of the great gifts of homeschooling.
0: I think it's something that a lot of kids miss out on just on the hands-on understanding where their food comes from understanding how life works. Mm-hmm. And I really en- encompassed a lot of that into the curriculum. So.
1: Fantastic. I love it.
0: Well, um, where can everybody find you?
1: Oh, uh, thanks. Uh, well, I would, You can find me over on Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest at trip scholars. And then I'd love it if you came and visited me at tripscholars.com. And I've got a, uh, at the top of the site under gift, Uh, you can sign up to get a list of 24 different things that you could start doing today that, um, are sure to make your next trip much better. So all kinds of ideas. I've got twenty four of them there. Thinking that if you started a year before a trip, if you wanted to incorporate two a month, uh, you would have this rich, rich understanding. Oh of the place man, that's going. awesome! Yeah, and then when you sign up, you're also automatically entered every month. I do a drawing for a hundred dollars towards travel education coaching. And um, I mentioned I've got two programs, but my single session is only a hundred dollars. Ooh. So I'll basically help you plan a learning package for your next trip for free, if that's the version you choose. So oh, I'd wonderful. love for any of your listeners to to be my next winner.
0: <laughs> well, everybody head over and check her out because I think she is just a wealth of information and I'm excited to go check out more of her site myself once we get on the road.
1: Thanks and so much. Thank Cody. you so much
0: for joining me.
1: I, I loved our conversation.
0: This episode of The Homestead Education is brought to you by Lehman's Hardware, your one-stop homesteading supply store that ships all over the United States. If you follow the link in the show notes and use code TAKE20, that's take E two zero, you can get $20 off any purchase of $150 or more. Thank you for joining me today at The Homestead Education, and I hope that I have given you something to think about this week. To help others find me, please comment and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. You can also follow me on Facebook at The Homestead Education and Instagram at homestead underscore education. Do you have questions that you would like answered or just want to say hi? Please email me at hello at thehomesteadeducation.com. Until next time, keep growing!